We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in to Vern's Hot Stove. Lined into right center field for a hit. Merrifield's going to try to score. A good throw home could get him. Then the throw is... Every Thursday night starting at 6, taking you all the way up to opening day in Cleveland. Slider is lifted to shallow center and back to make a great catch, Nicky Lopez. Live from Surprise, Arizona, here's Royals insider Josh Furnier. Yeah, good evening and welcome back inside Surprise Stadium, site of Royals Spring Training 2022, which, yes, is yet to begin because Major League Baseball is yet to begin its 2022 but there's still plenty going on here in the valley of the sun in fact let's get right to it the top five storylines for your kansas city royals here in week one of well number five i don't even know what you call this it's i don't know how else to describe it other than it's like a mirage in the desert every time you show up here to surprise stadium into the royals facility you know if you were to look around it looks like the normal first few days of Royal Spring training. You got sprints going on on the conditioning field, pitchers getting their defensive work in, endless cracks of the bat coming from the cages, coaches everywhere, all the familiar front office faces, those faces have become somewhat synonymous with that KC emblem. They're all here. Bobby Wood Jr., boom, he's right there. And then you look around, all right, where's Salvador Perez? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all minor leaguers. And, and it gets worse. I don't know. Maybe this is uh, me being a prisoner of the moment and having tunnel vision on the Royals, but it sure feels worse for us in Kansas City because the core of the 2022 Royals is set. You know, this isn't like some other franchises, the Yankees, maybe the Dodgers, even the Detroit Tigers, where you're sitting back waiting for free agency to start. I'm not waiting for the Royals to make a big free agent splash i feel as if i know what this team's gonna look like in 2022 so you want to get it started and yet everything out here right now is just a mirage number four now that's not to say that there isn't talent out here right bobby witt jr and other first round picks like asa lacy and frank mazzucato foster griffin bump it around so storyline number four is the opportunity that so many of these minor leaguers have right now to turn some heads, whether that's coaches, heads, or just us in the media forcing me to, oh, that's Michael Massey. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, there's there's talent here. You got young bats like first baseman Vinny Pasquantino, a 24-year-old that posted an OPS better than 950 across a combined 400 at-bats in high A and double A last season. The aforementioned Michael Massey, a 23-year-old second baseman who played very well last season in Quad Cities. And then Kale Emshoff, a 23-year-old catcher that really impressed last year in his first professional season. He certainly has the size, and I'll tell you what, watching some BP earlier, that bat looked good too. Number three. But let's get back to the big name here at camp, Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, his presence here. And that alone is storyline number three. I mean, I, 
I take a video of this dude just fielding ground balls on Tuesday. 42,000. I take a video of him taking batting prep. 20,000 views already. I get it. You're thirsty. You're hungry. You're ready to see Junior at the big league level. And look, the fact that he's here now, playing now, can only help on day one of the regular season because don't get it twisted. This kid's going to be on that opening day roster. I just cannot fathom a reason that will be palatable outside of something we don't want to talk about, right, outside of injuries. We don't want to talk about that. I cannot fathom a reason why he wouldn't be in that opening day lineup. So while most of the key cogs around Major League Baseball, guys that are going to be pivotal to the wins and losses, pivotal to the record, of their big league ball club while most of them will have a truncated spring training an accelerated spring trying to hurry up and ramp up and get ready for the regular season bobby witt jr should be a step ahead of just about everybody else and yes i understand the kid's still going to have plenty to learn at the big league level they're going to have to uh, adjust to him and he'll have to adjust i'm not saying it's going to be easy but his learning curve his adjustment time i think this bodes very well for his ability to hit the ground running in 2022. Number two. Now, more Bobby Witt Jr. at number two and the storyline of him taking a large majority of his reps at third base. I've heard from some of you. I've heard from a lot more of you than I thought I would. When you see the video of Bobby Witt Jr. taking, again, a majority of the reps at third base. Some of you are perplexed at, at the idea that, that the kid would move off the shortstop position. Now, I understand the curiosity coming from some. I don't necessarily understand the, I don't think it's anger coming from certain pockets of the Royals fan base, but the disapproval coming from those pockets. I, I'll give you my opinion. My opinion is Adalberto Mondesi is the most talented shortstop in this Royals organization. The most talented defensive shortstop in this Royals organization. Nicky Lopez performed at a gold glove shortstop caliber uh, last season, or played gold glove shortstop last season, all while being an above average league hitter. Hit 300 and OPS plus of 102. This team in 2022 will be at its best when all three are on the field. So shortstop is the toughest position. Put the best defender there. To me, that's Mondesi. Now we know that Adalberto isn't likely to be an everyday player. So on days he doesn't play, Nicky Lopez, in my opinion, gets the time at shortstop. Meanwhile, Bobby Witt Jr., your first big league season, I'm not trying to have you bounce all over the diamond. I'm putting you at third base and you ain't moving. And maybe you don't move for the rest of your career. Now, he can play shortstop, no doubt. It's my Bobby Wood Jr., in my opinion, can play all over the infield and all over the outfield. He's just that naturally gifted. But 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 so is Adalberto Mondesi. So we've seen Wid Merrifield do the same thing. But I don't want Bobby Wood Jr. moving. He can play third base. And let me say this. His bat is the difference maker. Now he's fantastic base runner, great arm, great defender. But what this organization has been missing is a organizational altering bat like Bobby Witt Jr.'s. What many of us hoped Eric Hosmer or Mike Moustakis were going to be when they were drafted 
in the top three. This kid, this top three pick, that hope remains. So to me, he's the type of difference maker this team hasn't had in decades. Three decades going back to a Carlos Beltran. Now, I want his offense to lead the way. I need his offense to lead the way. And at third base, your offense can be the focus. At shortstop, I'll take a step back defensively for a step forward defensively. I need that defense to be paramount at shortstop, not so much at third base. So leave him at one spot. Let Mondi and Nikki split time at short. And when Mondi's at short, Nikki goes to second. When Nikki's at short and Mondi's on the bench, Whit Merrifield plays second. To me, this is how you get the most out of your talent in 2022. The big story. But then again, we all know what the big story is this week. It's once again the owners locking out the players. And no matter how much talent the Royals have, it really doesn't matter if they're not playing baseball. Now, I can't imagine many of you want to hear about the lockout, so I don't really feel like discussing it at length. I'll say this. Whenever the owners decide to end this crap, the Royals will have plenty of interesting pitchers to take a look at on the free agent market. Now, relievers and starters. I mean, the team's likely to bring in two more starters, three to five more relief pitchers. GM J.J. Piccolo told me last week that the relievers with postseason experience, that's, that's at the top of his wish list. Names that could include uh, Kenley Jansen. You got Andrew Miller, Trevor Rosenthal. Adam Adovino, Danny Duffy, Dellen Batances, Ryan Tempera, Brian, uh, Brad Hand, uh, Archie Bradley, Alex Colome, Yusmero Petit, Ian Kennedy, your boys out there, Colin McHugh. I mean, other starting pitchers, innings, eating pitchers. That's what I think the Royals are going to be looking at. A lot, a lot like what they wanted from a Mike Miner a season ago. Someone like a Martin Perez, a Jay Happ, a Zach Davies, Drew Smiley, Garrett Richards, and others. So the options will be abundant. There are some name guys that are going to be forced to accept just spring training invites and then earn that major league contract, and I think that's going to behoove your boys in blue. And their team beat writers, the Kansas City Royals beat writers, Annie Rogers of MLB.com and Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star, they join me to discuss all the storylines from Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona, right after this on Vern's Hot Stove. You're listening to Vern's Hot Stove, Thursday night starting at 6 and available on demand on the Odyssey app, 610 Sports Radio. Now welcome back, Vern's Hot Stove, awaiting our 15th season of Royals baseball here on 610 Sports Radio. Now whenever it does return, you'll hear every game right here. Also, you'll find a podcast of this show, Vern's Hot Stove, along with the post-game shows throughout the season. You'll find it all on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, the Odyssey app. Joined, joined uh, here at Surprise Stadium by Royals beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Lynn Worthy, and from MLB.com, Annie Rogers. Thank you both very much for uh, carving out some time for the Royals listeners back in Kansas City. I'm not too interested in talking about the lockout, because I can't imagine too many people are interested in hearing about the lockout. So let's let's talk about this team and what we presume to be the 2022 team. I was, and I brought this up to both of you earlier while we were 
taking in Bobby Witt Jr. and everybody else that is partaking here in uh, minicamp with the Royals minor leaguers. But when I look at the 2022 team, I've been asked about Mike Matheny and how much pressure is he under this season and uh, Dayton Moore, J.J. Piccolo, the players on the field. Um, look, we all understand professional baseball big league baseball there's there there's there's pressure on everyone but but i'm curious from you two who who has true pressure like even outside of kansas city pressure on them as we prepare for this 2022 year the 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 name i kept going back to i'll I'll give you mine and then i'll hear yours is is benetendi andrew benetendi um is is the name that comes to my mind because I think he's going to get, at the end of this upcoming season, he's going to get a good deal uh, if, if, he, if he can just repeat what he did last year. He gets a good deal. If he takes a step back, he still gets a fine deal. But if he can improve on what he did last season, I think this is a guy at, at 28, a World Series ring. Um, this will be a guy that could demand a hundred plus million dollars uh five six years if he can improve and run into 25 home runs give you that ops north of 800 he'll have a lifetime ops right around 800 uh, andrew benatendi's the guy to me that has real pressure on him from game one to game 162 maybe not from royals fans but i think if we're, if we're describing real pressure Andy, and i'll start with you benatendi's the first name that comes to my mind but you really can go anywhere with this team. Is there a name that stands out to you? I think Benatendi is a good one. I was going to say uh, Mondesi, Adebolter Mondesi, just because um, maybe not so much outside of Kansas City, but uh, within the organization, you know, he needs to stay healthy. Um, he needs to kind of carve out his spot on this team with the infield logjam that will greet the organization uh, when spring training does start. So I, I would say him. Um, like I said, not so much outside of Kansas City, just mm-hmm. because he, you know, he's under control. But uh, I, I, I think Benintendi is a good one as well. Mondesi's going in after this year. He'll have one more year of arbitration, and then it's free agency. Mondesi's a guy that if if he can, and and man, people listening right now have have heard me utter this sentence for almost half a decade now. If he can be the kind of player we all know he's capable of being, uh, we could be sitting here next year, Lynn, talking about an extension. For a guy like Adalberto Mondesi going into the final year of team control in 2022, is there a name that stands out to you as far as real pressure on them for this upcoming campaign? Well, the name that came to me, and it wasn't, I think, you know, um, you're talking, or it seems like you're leaning a lot towards, uh, like, contractually, like, you know, obviously guys, and that's always big, guys going into, you know, going to look for money, uh, looking for deals, um, but just performance uh, uh, performance-wise, the first name that popped in my mind was Hunter Dozier, mm. just based off of last year, based off of, you know, batting, he finished last year, batting 216, um, and we've seen him produce, I mean, you go back to 19, and he was, you know, on the, basically on the track along with, you know, Solaire at one point during that year, and he had a career year that year, um, had, you know, 25 26 home runs he had that season had career highs rbis all that um and then last year um that drop off and the fact that you know like annie mentioned that log jam in the infield part of the way you alleviate that might be 
you know, maybe Witt's playing some more right field, and that's where you're probably going to see Dozier, right field and first base. And depending on what happens with Santana, because, you know, he's playing the last couple months of last year basically on one leg, you know, they want to try and keep him right field, uh, uh, Dozier right field and first base. If Santana's mm-hmm. producing well, and you got this logjam of guys that you're trying to find time for in the infield, and you got a guy that, you know, and, uh, and he's under contract, but if he's batting 200, then there might be fewer at-bats for him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they might, you know, maybe they got to figure out some other where to put him, or maybe he's just going to be a bat off the bench for a certain period of time if, you know, the performance drops off and you've got other guys who are producing. You know, I mean, it's, if it comes down to, okay, are we going to get Bobby some at-bats and still have Witt in the lineup, or are we going to get Dozier at-bats when he's hitting 200? and maybe you have to take somebody else out of the lineup, then I think that's where the pressure becomes. One thing I think we could all agree on is, well, if Bobby, or whenever Bobby's on the big club, I think it's going to be opening day. Uh, he's an everyday guy, right? This, is, this isn't this is a guy that you're going to find A-Bs for. Bobby's in there every day, uh, and, and that brings up the two names uh, you guys bring up, Mondesi and Dozier. Uh, suddenly, guys that were once the core to the next championship of Kansas City, I, I don't know if you can describe either one of them as everyday players. You, you, as long as they're healthy and on the team, you know their name's going to be in the lineup. I, I, I think they both lost grip of that everyday moniker that they've held for the last four or five years. Yeah, I, th- I think they did, and they have to prove in – you know, game situations that they have to get back to that mm-hmm. um, identity. Um, and if Bobby Wood Jr. is in the lineup every day, I mean, there's only nine spots. Um, right. So it's it's makes it kind of a puzzle for the coaching staff. Um, and it's all about proving it after last year. That's Annie Rogers of MLB.com, Royals beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Lynn Worthy, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio live from Surprise Stadium. Last week, had a chance to talk with Royals general manager J.J. Piccolo, and he said, we need to be responsible for the development of our young players at the big league level. He was talking about all those young arms, names like Bobby Witt Jr., M.J. Melendez, Nick Prado. Um, I want to discuss those names a little bit further. Piccolo said this year's success, the 2022 Royals, their success depends on the improvement of those young bats, of those young arms, and the front office needs to be responsible for said improvement. Um, I like hearing that, but as the three of us will over the course of the season, talk with J.J., um, hold the organization accountable uh, for that improvement, I've kind of been struggling, Lynn, with what is the standard I'm holding them to? This is a team that won 74 games last year. Yes, we all hope that they're better, but Bobby, Prado, MJ have never played in the big leagues. Um, really outside of Singer and Bubich, the other young arms have never performed over the course of a full six-month big league season. You both know how difficult this game is, uh, the day-in, day-out nature of it. How much is fair to expect from pick one of those bats or, or pick one of those pitchers? Um, what is the standard that you're holding one of them to? Does a name stand out where you're like, All right, th- th- that guy's got to be just a, a cut above the rest that we're discussing? Well, I think in reality, the standard's different for different guys. So I think, you know, I mean, when you talk about the pitchers, the guys who've been around a little bit longer, you've got to have a higher bar, I, th- I think, at least for, like, 
Singer and Bubich because they've been around a little bit long. I mean, like, you know, Carlos Hernandez obviously has shown a lot of potential. But, I mean, you look at how many I'm, – I'm not looking directly at the numbers, but um, he's got fewer innings under his belt than, um, you know, any of those other guys. Um, he, he didn't even – I think he made one start in that shortened season in 2020, and even then that wasn't – I think that was really almost like a, you know, piggyback situation with him and um, Harvey or, mm-hmm. or he slipped in for Harvey after, you know, he had some issues there. Um, not being able to sustain starts. So um, he just really hasn't had that much time. I mean, he's shown some great stuff. He hasn't had that much time. But but whereas the other guys were in the rotation from the start of that 2020 season, were in the rotation last year, have more innings under their belt, have more time as starters in the minors at higher levels. So I think the bar's got to be a little bit higher for some of those guys. You look at what Brady Singer did last season, uh, ERA plus of, of 94, so a little bit below league average. You look at what he did in 2020, it's an ERA plus of, of 115. I agree, Annie, that, that a guy like Singer and Bubich, they need, and Keller, of course, they need to lead the way. Um, but I know I, I don't feel comfortable saying any of them are bona fide number ones. Sure. Are any of them bona fide number twos? I don't, I don't even know if they're a number two on a championship team. They might be. Um, so, again, I, I ask you the, a similar question. W- what is that standard? Are, 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 we, are we treating any of those young arms as if you need to be that horse for this 2022 team and get us to a 500 record? I think you can look at someone like Brad Keller in that kind of vein. Um, but you need to see improvement, um, I think, from Singer and Bubich uh, from last year. Bubich uh, ended the season really well mm-hmm. um, and I think he can build off of that when you talk about you know Lynch and Coar and Hernandez a little bit you want to see improvement there um, but it's the same thing we talk about transitioning into the major leagues from the minor leagues it's hard to do you saw a lot of those pitchers do it last year that's going to continue this year and then you have the hitters Bobby Wood Jr. you know wanting to needing to make his debut mm-hmm. well it's gonna there's gonna be struggles in the in the majors for even someone of his caliber. So I think, the you know, it's a young, very young team, and maybe the expectation isn't as high as some people want it to be, um, but I think J.J.'s quote is pretty telling on uh, where they see, you know, where you know where they are within this rebuild, I guess yeah, you could call it. And, and that's what I find um, so great and difficult about this time in our jobs with this ball club right now because it's not difficult to uh, sow hope amongst Royals fans right now because there is so much young talent that you've seen flashes from Bobby, you've seen flashes from Singer, and the, you know, Lynn mentions Carlos Hernandez who looked – Uh, as nasty as anybody in this organization last season. You've seen the flashes from all of them, and and sure, if if they're able to flash for six straight months, this team could vie for a wild-card spot. But we've all been around the game long enough to know, and Andy, you just mentioned it, uh, there's going to be struggles, the ebbs and flows of a Major League Baseball season, especially with youth. It's going to be difficult for them to match that 74-win level that they hit last season. Even a, a, a Bobby Witt Jr., uh, an MJ Melendez, a, a Nick Prado, for as excited as Royals fans are about them, Lynn, I, I don't know, Prado and MJ, I, I don't see them um, forcing their way to the big leagues. I, I feel more as if a door is going to be open for them, whether that's a departure or an injury to a 
Carlos Santana or a Hunter Dozier opens the door. Once they come up, I think they're here to stay. Uh, but Bobby, to me, is the only one that will, I think, we'll, we'll see before July. I'd probably agree with that. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd expect to see him before July. I mean, I, nobody's told me that. I'm just sort of, you know, that reading tea leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, um, as you were saying, just talking about the – even going back to when we were talking about the different pressure on different guys, I think part of the reason – like we list, you know, whether it's Benintendi, whether it's Mondesi, whether it's Dozier. It's like you have to have production out of those guys because it can't be on Bobby when even if he starts mm. the, the season in the open day lineup. You know, a kid who is, you know, making his major league debut, even though he's got all this potential and top prospect and whatever else accolades, you know, Baseball America, all of it. Um, you can't put him in there day one with these veterans and say, okay, kid, you need to carry yeah. it. Like that's, it's just you can't do it. I think I mean, that yeah. No, that 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 is, that's a, that's a fantastic point about this tooth. Who are the guys? Uh, to go back to the original question, who are the guys that you can say, all right, you need to lead us. You need to be the consistent uh, leader in the clubhouse on the field. You need to be a consistent producer at the plate and in the field. It's. Yeah, you can't do that to, I think, any of these young pitchers. I don't think you can do it to those three young bats that we're talking about. It's, yeah, the, the Wits, the Salvies, and the Benatendis. And with all due respect to all three of them, uh, that ain't enough, right? Th- those three ain't enough to be a kind of the, the kind of offense you would need to be to be successful in the American League. And that's why I think whether it's Mondesi or Dozier or, you know, or Santana, like some other guys mm-hmm. have to step up. Because it can't be on Bobby. Like the ideal situation is for whether it's Bobby or Prado or MJ. When they come in, yeah, you mm-hmm. hope for them to contribute and sort of find their way. I mean, and it's, you know, the comparisons always can be unfair. But I mean, if you think about Nicky, what he did last year, like was a tremendous season. But it took from 19 midway through 19 to you know all the way up until last year for him to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And now. You know, I'm sure everybody hopes and wants to believe that Bobby's going to be faster than that and maybe and produce more than that, but it still doesn't mean that it's going to happen right away. And I think that's what's what, – when we really start to dive in and we eventually get close to the beginning of the season, Andy, I think that's what's going to uh, scare the Honest Royals fan is when you think of the Kansas City Royals in 2022, what do you know? You know that they're going to have a pretty strong defense – We'll see what kind of additions they make, but you think the bullpen's going to be quality. Um, but what else? What else can you depend on when I come to Kauffman Stadium? I'm going to see this. Yeah. Salvi, Witt. Uh, in the American League, I need a little bit more thump. And I, I'm just hoping, and, and to kind of wrap up this conversation, I'm kind of hoping that there will be and it's silly to even say when you're talking about uh, fans, a little bit of, of grace with these young hitters, these young pitchers early on, because you know what it's going to be like in April uh, when Bobby has his 0 for 16 and Daniel Lynch gets touched up by the White Sox. You know what your Twitter feed's going to look like. Uh, me and Lynn will be over here muting everybody that's <laughs> in your timeline. Hmm. But it's good. It, 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 it's it's a difficult task to see all this talent, 
watch them flash over the past 18 months and yet showcase patience when you've been waiting months to see them again. It is. Patience is the key word. Everybody can use a little patience because uh, it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. It will. Um, but, yes, Twitter is going to be fun. Yeah. Well, Bob, hopefully Bobby Witt Jr. is fun as well. I, I, I want to discuss we, – we, I talk about the bullpen, and we know about Barlow. We know about Stalmont. Uh, Jake Brent's going to be out there. Those are, I would say, maybe the big three that this organization is leaning on. Uh, but I, I do think there will be activity prior to the beginning of the season, whether it's uh, bullpen arms, starters, in free agency. I want to tackle that. We'll do that with Annie Rogers of MLB.com and Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star on Vern's Hot Stove when we return right after this. This is Vern's Hot Stove, Thursday night starting at 6 on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back, Vern's Hot Stove, live from Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona, site of Royals Spring Training 2022 or whatever this is. Annie, what is this mini camp? You were tra- you explained it to me earlier today. This what is this? It's very confusing to explain. It's mini camp. <laughs> mini camp in the morning uh-huh. is for the players who you would normally see in big league camp uh, as backups for spring training games. Mm-hmm. Those guys on the non forty minute roster, they're here. They're working out in the mornings as scheduled. Open complex is anybody minor leaguers who want to be here can be here, and they just have workouts planned for them so mm-hmm. there's there's quite a few mm-hmm. um so there's there's a ton of players here and they're working on getting ready for an on-time start annie rogers mlb.com lynn worthy kansas city star uh lynn look we're all just guessing here just listening to our guts are we going to have an on-time start what does your gut tell you do you, do you think uh, opening day is on the date it is currently set i'm still holding out hope i'm not um overly optimistic but i think if you can if the next you know basically if the next two weeks can really heat up then it's still possible because if they can get something done by the end of the month then they'll still try to make that march 31st opening day so Mm -hmm. i mean it might mean spring trends truncated it might mean things get moved around a little bit but if you can get a deal in place by the end of this month then you can still get opening day on the 31st so that would be ideal i don't know if uh I mean, selfishly, I like I don't know that I really want the whole schedule to be up in the air and yeah. then, you know got to figure out travel arrangements and all that. Let's just keep the schedule. As hey, it is, you know? now I'm with you. Let, let's let's keep it as is. Let's get it started on time. Uh, I can't wait to see what what could be a very exciting three and a half four weeks of uh, ramp up. Let's say the green, you know, they come to an agreement in the next 48 hours, and boom, here we go. There's more than 100 free agents looking for a job, and some pretty big name free agents: Clayton Kershaw, Carlos Correa, uh, and everybody below them. Uh, Annie, how active do you think the Royals will be whenever this happens, or whenever it's allowed to happen? Are you expecting an, an active JJ Piccolo in his first full season as general manager? How do you define active? Because active could mean one or two moves, or active could be a ton mm-hmm. of moves. And I would probably go with the former rather than the latter for the, these Royals because, as we were talking about earlier, it's all going to be – 2022 is about the young players. They're transitioning to the major leagues. So um, I guess one or two moves maybe. Yeah. Is that active to you? That would be active to me as I, as I 
need to get out and exercise more and be be well, more active. It's active if the I mean if Kenley Jansen is the reliever that you bring in and you break off a ten million per dollar or per year, ten million dollars per year to one of the best closers of the past decade. That would be active, Lynn. Should yeah, we be holding out hope that Kenley <laughs> Jansen's going to be shutting the door at the K? I would not put down yeah. your bets just yet right. on that one. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they look for more bullpen help. I wouldn't be surprised if they look for you know one of those veteran type starters who could be a swing guy, who could be a you know. I mean, because even with all the young pitching that we've been talking about, another thing that I know that we really mentioned was like a lot of them haven't still haven't really got, gone a full season. And even if they have, pitching goes down every year. There's pitchers who go down every year, so right. you can't count on it. I mean, even if they've done it, and not that many of them have done it, you can't just count on like, okay, these guys are all going to be good to go for, you know, the whole season. So if you can have a veteran guy who you know you can plug in, that you can at least have some consistency, or at least you ha- you feel like you can predict what you're going to get from him, I think they'll look for that. And then maybe it's also a guy who has the versatility that if you need him to, you could put him, put him in the bullpen and he can contribute that way. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go out look for something like that and also something um, to help bolster that bullpen. A few of the names uh, that I think could fill that role, none of them are going to excite Royals fans, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, Mike Miner didn't excite Royals fans, and it seems like that would be the kind of uh, – you know, 180 innings of four-plus ERA, a quality start every time he takes the hill. Or, you know, that's what we thought Mike Miner was going to deliver last season. Names like uh, Drew Smiley or Zach Davies, Jay Happ, Martin Perez, guys that when the Royals are playing them and you look at the probables, you're like, all right, singers facing who? Martin Perez. All right, that really doesn't do But But those are the kind of names I would think that this team's going to bring in. But as far as... Position players, Annie? I mean, I, I just don't know where they would play. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know where they would play. I don't know where they would fit. Um, I, th- I think something like that, you would have to – it'd be more of a trade move than a, than a free agent signing. Um, but even then, you know, you don't want to make a big trade and block some of your, your young players coming up, um, especially with where the Royals see themselves right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's going to be – a all in um, kind of three or four weeks or whatever we right, get. Right. Uh, a lot of Royals fans li- like to understandably bring up uh, the trade prior to the 2013 season where the Royals moved the top prospect, uh, Will Myers and Jake Odorizzi, to the Rays to bring in James Shields and Wade Davis. Uh, that 2013 team uh, just needed pitching, and they were ready to win. I don't know if this team is one aspect away from winning. I mean, we've discussed over the last half hour the question marks in the rotation, question marks uh, up and down the lineup. We're, we're hopeful for the defense, the base running, and the bullpen, but there are still gigantic questions at the two most important positions uh, when filling out a roster, your offense, and your rotation. So as we prepare for this sprint of, 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 of signings and, and ramping up for the regular season what where will your Lynn where were your where will your eyes go when watching these competitions is there a competition uh, at big league camp that stands out for this Royals team or are not only the 26 guys for the most part set but are the starting jobs set in your opinion 
think the starting jobs are largely set in that um, you know who's going to be in the rotation. Like, I mean, there's the, it's more of a question of how are they going to move some guys around to get playing time. You know who's getting playing time. You're just not sure how they're fitting the pieces together to create that playing time for everybody. Because you know, like, I mean, assuming – and we'll just go on the assumption that Bobby starts the season mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to get some time. You know, you know Mondesi. Even though they're probably going to do that time, you know, the load management type thing where he's not going to play on a regular basis. They'll try and, you know, finagle that to make sure that he's getting regular days off and that you know his workload is controlled. Um, Nikki Witt. So that's what I'm talking about as far as putting pieces together to get that playing time. So you know that in pretty much every spot. Um, how how would you divvy that out? How, how would the both of you divvy out that infield? Um, do you guys think Bobby is making the opening day roster? I think he's your third baseman day one, hmm. and then he's there all year. And plays 150, 100, hopefully 150, but, you know, 135, 40 games at third base. Uh, how, how would you do it? I mean, you guys you guys, have, you guys saw Mondesi and, and, and Lopez nearly vie for a gold glove with Merrifield at second base if – you're Mike Matheny, and you got to sit down with these guys. How how would you divvy out the playing time around the around that infield? It's hard to, I mean, it's hard to do it assuming everybody's healthy, just because I think some, especially with a shortened spring, um, a lot of these guys are going to come in ready to go. Uh, but I don't know what's going to happen if you know there might be some injuries and doors opening for mm-hmm. for you know some of the the younger guys to come in. But if everyone's healthy, you know, I would. I'd probably put Bobby at third base, um, Mondesi at shortstop, and um, and Lopez at second base, mm-hmm. and Whitmerfield in right field. Yeah, Lynn. I think it's going to be, or I think it would end up, or I would end up probably rotating it like more than I probably would ideally like. Like ideally, I'd probably want to have like a set lineup. But I don't think with this group that it's it's in the cards. So I mm-hmm. think. You end up using that DH spot to get somebody's bat in there, and it's going to change day by day. You'll have days where, you know, it might be Nicky might play some at short. Um, we saw Mondi last year get some time at third, so maybe that's still, you know, something that we'll see more of. I think it's, I mean, and um, again, that DH becomes big because then if you move Wit out there, then maybe you are putting Dozier at DH or you're putting him at first, and maybe Santana's at DH. Keeping in mind, obviously, there's going to be some days where Salvi's going to not be behind the plate, and he's probably taking that DH spot. Um, and then um, just to add on to that, I think, you know, we're talking about spring training and, you know, if these competitions are going to be in spring training. I mm-hmm. think really, not that people really want to hear it, but I think really it's going to go into the season. I think those first month plus of the season is going to be them figuring out and assessing. And then after that, I wouldn't be surprised if you see, you know, it might not wait until the trade deadline. It might be early in the season where you see some moves to try and create the space for whoever they think they're going to go forward with. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that, but I think they're going to take more than just spring training to assess. I think it's Mm. going to go into the season. And I'll be interested to see and hear the fans reaction to Nikki Lopez. I feel this is just my own thought. I feel as if the fans still, aren't buying it. The guy hit 300, played nearly every game at the toughest position in most ballparks, maybe centers more difficult at Kaufman. Uh, but Nicky had a tremendous season coming off of a not so tremendous season. Uh, I, you know, to go back to the original, I think there's a lot of pressure on him uh, to prove that last year was not a fluke. 
that I can hold off, not just Adelbert Tilmondesi, but I've seen people saying Bobby should be the shortstop. You know, nobody should be holding Bobby from his natural position. I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Nicky Lopez this season, Annie. I, I think there's a lot of... That was nice last year, but that was a losing ball club. We want to win. Can you be a shortstop on a playoff ball club? Yeah, I I think that's fair. I also think he can hit 300 and play second base and be valuable. And you can put uh, Bobby at shortstop and Montessi at third. Yeah. Um, I think that's completely fine, too. What Nicky did last year at the plate was, you know, it was impressive um, to be able to kind of find his identity as a hitter. Um, I think you can separate the two, defense and and offense. Mm -hmm. Santana, at first, we've discussed this just on the the backfields about universal DH, which more than likely is is, uh, coming for the 2022 season. Uh, But, Lynn, you you bring up, you know, maybe Dozier's at DH. We'll see Santana, Salvi. Uh, I feel like... For as excited as I originally got that, hey, they might be able to flip Santana in the first few months of the season if he hits well like he did last year because there's going to be another 15, 16 teams using the DH this year. All right. I don't know if the DH is going to be used like the DH was when we were all growing up where it was, you know, just that big old bopper that his only job was to get in there and drive in runs. So I don't know if Santana's going to be as sought after as I once hoped. And again, I think that's where, you know, that that'll be part of that assessment that's going on, I think, into the season right. as well. Is is there a market for that? Is there somebody who could use that? Is does somebody go down and it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, we could use a switch hidden guy with some popping who's got a really good approach. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I mean, um and he's gonna be, you know, next year he'll be in this the last year of that deal that he signed. So, um it won't be anything where a team would acquire him and have a long term commitment. So, um maybe that's you know, once things un- you get unfrozen, and maybe it's something that you know you explore early. Maybe it's something that you explore into the beginning of the season. Maybe it's something you say, um, you know, you look at what's going on in the minors, and you say maybe those guys might need a little bit more time than we thought. Yeah. Let's keep this in place until we're really comfortable with where, what's going on down there. And you, I mean, there's nothing that says it has to happen in April, May, June. I mean, you, you got until the you know trade deadline before you would have to make that decision anyway. Yeah, I always try and brace for the season as far as what the masses or what the mob is going to be uh, rallying behind or rooting against. If Nick Prado tears the cover off the ball in Omaha for the first month, month and a half of the AAA season, Annie, uh, Carlos Santana is not going to have too many fans (laughs) in Kansas City. And I think the same can be said for whoever's uh, split in time with Salvi. If MJ Nick Prado uh, make their bats heard the way that they did a season ago, uh, it's gonna that that I would believe is going to dominate a lot of the pregame conversations with Mike Matheny when it comes to the media. People are gonna want to see those two. Um, what what are you looking for from those two, Prado MJ? Before you give them a green light, if you're calling the shots. Yeah, I think. Um probably uh, continue their success from AAA um, into, you know, the first half of the of the season, you know, minor league, mm-hmm. uh, the minor league season. So uh, that's probably 
they, they need to have more success after their t 2019 seasons. So they need to have a little bit more success um, there before, you know, the Royals bring them up and begin that transition. Danny Rogers of MLB.com, Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star, Royals beat writers. You'll be following their work all season long. We're back with you next Thursday at 6 o'clock. Uh, hopefully not talking about a bunch of 22-year-old minor leaguers. Uh, but I'm going to need a hand, baseball owners. You guys better get used to hearing about Vinny Pasquantino if something doesn't get cleaned up real soon. Anybody interested in that? All right. Annie, Lynn, thank you very much. I will talk to you next Thursday at 6 right here on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Bruce Weber's up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.